That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Good, good, good vibrations Friday. Isn't that what this is about, Jake? Just positivity, filling the world, good Friday, maybe some... Mm, yeah. Yeah. The universe, everything's going well yep. with the universe. Uh, no, uh, why Why would you call such a day good? That's the question. Yeah. Well, I think as we, uh, you know, you and I have done this uh, show now, Lo, these many years. And so this will be, maybe this is our fourth Good Friday episode. But mm-hmm. uh, and we probably won't say anything new. We should go and back. It's here. not even a rerun. It's, no, we get fresh content for you <laughs> listeners. Always hot and fresh, just like donuts that's, when there's lights on and Krispy Kreme. That's how I've been introducing myself lately, as a content creator. So <laughs> we are, man. Every week, fresh content from the pulpit. Well, uh, let's let's try and bring this back. So, yeah. Solemnity. Solemnity. Yeah. Yeah. Sol- solemnity yeah. now. Solemnity, solemnity now. Yeah. So I think the um, this is a good Friday because it's the day that God full on addresses the massive failure and train wreck of human existence by entering <laughs> yeah. into it himself. So much of religion and secular thought is about uh selling you something that's not true uh bull hockey as Mm. we used to say in middle school that um the world's not that bad that you're basically fine that everything's going to be okay you just got to think positive and whatever and good friday is where clearly we see what god has been trying to say all along that uh the problem of being human is severe and real and intractable mm-hmm. on some level. And the only way to solve it is not to ask us to get better, but for God to enter into and go down to the depths of our sin and suffering and alienation and paralysis and anxiety and death, ultimately, and um, yeah. to go go down to the bottom. Yeah. The, the point is, is that everything that was uh, profoundly, profoundly messed up, uh, the the relationship that was torn into by humanity between humanity and God or but yeah uh, by the act of Adam and Eve in the garden this long expected one that would trample the head of the serpent and the serpent would bite his heel uh, has been realized and that uh, God has reconciled the world uh, through the death of this one man Jesus uh, through him, although he knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so it's called good because in the midst of this this horrible, horrible situation, God has brought about not just something good, uh, but uh, the good, the redemption of the world. It also has its roots in German from Gott Friday, which means God's Friday. Mm-hmm. 
just uh, a side note. That yeah, could be your point too. Show off your German pronunciation. So yeah. we. You uh, hey, can I just say you want to impress somebody? Drop a little Latin or a little German or maybe even a little Spanish in your sermon, and people think you're on it. Que bueno. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk about these readings, and we gotta have. <laughs> I made Jake laugh. You can never tell when Jake's laughing, people, but he he chuckles silently. <laughs> Like a bowl full of jelly, and uh, <laughs> it's he, just uh, funny. Like, que bueno. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hey, man, uh, I can do, I can say so that. Let's get I'm back. Mexican. Solemnity now. Solemnity now. Solemnity okay. now. So, so we have Isaiah fifty-two, verse thirteen, mm-hmm. and then verse fifty-three through, through verse chapter fifty-three, verse twelve. We have a passage from Hebrews, mm-hmm. either ten or Hebrews four, with a little bit of Hebrews five. Uh, both have sort of the same general idea. And then John yeah. 18 um, through 1942. So it's like a really long reading about the death of Jesus. Uh, and so um, I think one of the things that this collect gives you at the beginning of the service can sort of give you your thematic link for your sermon where we say, Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given to the hand of sinners and to suffer death. So this is Jesus who does this on purpose. This is not an accident. This yeah. is God who steps this, in. And it's it's not the divine child abuse argument you hear sometimes where that's right. you know God sends his son to take the punishment or something. And um, it, this is the triune the God. The spanking you deserved. Right, right. Yeah. This is the triune God willingly entering into this through the second person of the Trinity um, to to embrace humanity at its lowest point and to undo death uh, and sin and to completely thwart the devil's schemes and trying to destroy and injure humanity. Uh, so we begin with this Isaiah reading, chapter 52, verse 13 through 53, verse 12. And this is the famous, one of the famous suffering servant uh, uh, passages in the prophet Isaiah, where we see this um, description as the Christian church is understood of Christ, the one who is, quote, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance um, that he startles many nations. I mean, it's sort of that when you see, um, it's like, you know, Rocky at the end of uh, Rocky one, where he's just like his face is all like crushed and whatever, and they have to cut his eyelid to like release the pressure from the swelling so that he can see for the last round against Apollo Creed. I mean, I'm being, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to like think of an example of somebody who has been just beat up, um, that you just, you're horrified, you gasp, you kind of want to look away. I think of those pictures that make the news every time there's some sort of beating of somebody in a hate crime and you see their picture from the hospital and how badly they look like that's what we're seeing like when you're sort of you you're speechless um and uh and this is what we hear and then the passage in isaiah goes on to to talk about uh what we talked about last time in terms of the passover and all that that here is clearly the part of substitution Jesus wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. And I know there are parts of the church that are, again, uncomfortable with this and understand the way this has been taught incorrectly. But um, this is God wanting to take um, our place. Um, Just like if there's, you know, substitution is this idea that, again, theologically, some people don't like it. But interpersonally, we still, we get it as somebody who loves someone. If you could step into that pain and suffering for them, you would 
do it. There is, you know, almost every human being has somebody for whom they love so much mm. that if they could step into a position and take the pain that they're in so that that person could be freed of it, you would do so. Um, and this is how God loves us. And so that's what this is talking about. There's mm. punishment on him that makes us whole. His bruises make us to be healed. On him is laid the iniquity of us all. And I understand that there are um, Jewish understandings of this passage that are different from our understandings of this passage, but we are in the Christian tradition and we read this text in this way and um, as, a, as a text that's about Jesus Christ. And um, uh, it is a beautiful passage of this self-giving, self-offering, um, one oblation of himself once offered love of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if I was to focus and uh, really preach on this text, I would uh, um, I would hit on the his appearance was marred more than anyone and his form more than any of the sons of men. Uh, uh, verse 14. Um, and uh, and I think that that is where you find actually the continuity between the Jewish tradition and the Christian tradition in this particular text. Uh, uh, the point being here and uh, well, this is. Uh, uh, the point being here is that the particular servant that Isaiah sees is singularly unattractive. Yeah, He's not someone that we would all flock to. He's not the American idol. He's not the number one uh, music hit in American bandstand. Uh, this uh, person wouldn't make it in a boy band at all. He doesn't have the credentials, any of this. Uh, this isn't the most likely to succeed. Uh, who this servant that Isaiah sees is a loser, an outsider from whom no one expects anything. And uh, this is how God deigns to work. Uh, this, is, this is the point. He chooses unlikely things to do his work. You know, you can go back all the way through the Old Testament. David, Moses, uh, 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 Abraham, Gideon, you can go through the whole list. And uh, even Israel itself, you know, are you kidding? This is where the Messiah is going to come from? Nazareth? You know, this is a power. God works through powerless and unimpressive things. And so uh, this finds its fulfillment for us in the crucified Christ. Uh, what could be less attractive than um, a naked, helpless, bleeding rabbi uh, from Nazareth hanging on a cross, you know, and then a battered corpse? I mean, think Hans mm. Holbein's like crucified Jesus laying in the tomb. Uh, that's where your salvation is found. And this is how God actually works. Uh, in the most obscure of places, he brings about his salvation. Yeah. That's right. Well, we move from this very powerful reading to the um, uh, reading from Hebrews. And again, either Hebrews 10 or Hebrews 4 is, it, to me, a bit of a, um, a, a one ray of light that falls in these very dark readings. I mean, there's, there's so much chiaroscuro, light and dark in these readings. But uh, there is this, like, God is dying on Good Friday. We remember this incredible thing, but we also remember what it means for us that through his death, we can, uh, it opens the curtain as Hebrews 10 says, uh, and we can, that but, is his flesh, that is his flesh. But both of them, both these passages have a verse of kind of approaching with full assurance of faith. In Hebrews 10, we have this um, since we have a great high priest, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, our heart sprinkled clean. Um, you know, we can 
we can we can run to God because of what God has done for us in Christ on the cross. And Hebrews 4 has the same idea. Um, uh, Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, I think in my congregation, we're probably going to do the Hebrews 4 reading just because it's a little bit shorter. Um, and the John reading is very long. But And it also just, I think, very in a very punchy way, gets into this um, just... Uh, we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Like the cross is the throne of grace. Uh, and because of what Christ does there, we can run to him and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That, the, that whole phrase of the, the, um, the earth is, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all equal. We're all in need. We're all broken sinners and who get washed in the blood of Christ. I don't know. Would you add or take away or edit or some way no i would you know no that's a that's a perfect thing to tap into and you know the historical context of this particular passage is that people were asking you know so often we think we have to do so much uh to impress god and we we think that uh jesus can't relate to us in any way and um and the fact is is that what this is saying is is that indeed god was one of us and uh and he has identified with us in every way um, and so we can, indeed, uh, what makes this day good is now, um, indeed, oh, what a friend we have in Jesus is no longer an abstraction. And because mm-hmm. we have a friend in Jesus, we have a friend in God. Yeah. Well, moving on, friend Jacob, we turn to the very long reading, kind of the heart of this whole story, is the um, reading from John 18 verse 1 all the way through the chapter John 18 and all the way through chapter 19 as well um, where it's this whole story of the death of Jesus from uh, the garden of Gethsemane where he's betrayed uh, by Judas uh, and arrested and then um, his sort of joke of a trial at um, in front of Caiaphas his sort of religious trial and then his state trial with Pontius Pilate and then his crucifixion uh, and his death. Um, there's so much here that is almost too powerful and poignant for words. Just reading this passage itself has these moments of great pathos and and just grab your heart. Um, uh, just Pilate handing Jesus over to be crucified. The woman hears your son when Jesus... Um, takes care of his mother Mary um, as he's dying on the cross, makes sure that John knows to take Mary into his home to care for her um, as she's now going to be a kind of a bereft. Um, she's already a widow, but going to be now without this loss of her son and all that. So uh, almost too much. Um, anything, Jake, that you would, you feel like this year is going to be a theme or something you want to, uh, to, to explore as you preach Good Friday and the death of Christ. I would say, um, you know, if there was a big theme that I would hit on, I would, um, and especially maybe this might be your first time preaching both Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. I mean, I would, uh, I think there's a running theme here, especially in John's gospel uh, that ties into the readings from Maundy Thursday about Jesus being that Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the Passover, uh, God passed over, um, God always uses blood to pass over us. And so uh, John's gospel, I think, really hits on those themes about it happening on the Passover, them not breaking his legs so that he's an unblemished lamb, 
Um, and so I would focus on all of those ideas of uh, the Passover lamb and that here he is. Mm-hmm. Because this is just uh, too much to like exegete and, you know, we're, walk, walk your way through. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we tell people every year is do not pole vault over Good Friday to get to Easter. That's a oft quoted mm-hmm. uh, thing that Paul's all used to say. Uh, to let the death of Christ be the death of Christ and don't feel the need to kind of give a little sneak peek of, of Easter. Um, you have yeah. that in the Hebrews reading and people know that it's coming, but let let the let the readings and the liturgy do its work that Christ really does die. This is and and everybody around him is getting it wrong. The disciples are getting it wrong. The crowd gets it wrong by wanting Barabbas released to them instead of Christ. They want mm-hmm. the guilty murderer to get off scot free, whereas Jesus uh, um, is not. <laughs> he gets arrested and killed. Um, we have pilot who doesn't get it you know just basically everybody fails to understand what's going on and jesus still goes to the cross um is and and yeah. so do we you know mm-hmm. and so that's a uh, that's that's the main thing you're absolutely right i'll never forget i mean i love paul zoll's paul zoll's word to us this is um this is uh the day after hurricane katrina this is lights out you know this is um total devastation and uh and and there should be one day where we really, uh, I love what the Reverend Ben Phillips once said at a Good Friday sermon I listened. He said, just tonight, uh, sit in your sin. <laughs> so, uh, and know that, you know, I mean, remember, I love what Luther said. When you look at the nails in his hands, the nail in his feet, the, cor- cr- the crown of thorns on his head, and the piercing in his side, know for certain that you wrought this. And so, um, and that's a, that's very powerful and heavy. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to talk about, uh, if you're talking about like, oh, the, I mean, in right, the church, I mean, and we should embrace, we were talking about this earlier, it should embrace the L on our losses. And the church has used this passage to blame the Jews for the death of Jesus. And, uh, you know, and there's a, a funny song at a bar mitzvah one time, and it was like, the Romans did it. And so, but, uh, you know, there is a, there is a point, if you were talking about Romans or Jews or whatever, you have missed the point completely. Uh, you did this. Uh, this isn't about the Russians. This isn't about the Ukrainians. This isn't about the people over there or over here. This is about you. And uh, you have contributed to this, and God has gone to great lengths to save you. Mm. Yeah, and it's and that's not to... Um say that in a way that's sort of like a guilt trippy, like, oh, you should feel really bad. Look what Jesus had to do for you. This is uh, something where... No, that's, um, yeah, this isn't psychobabble yeah, either. I, this and is I know that's the not theological what you're saying. heart just, of human being. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, th- this is the love of God is so profound for you and for me and for every human being that he does not stand far off, you know, shaking his head, disappointed in our failures, but he wants to be counted as a failure with us and for us, someone whose whole life comes to nothing on Good Friday. Uh, and he gives his life for people that reject him. He gives his life for people that betray him. He gives his life for you and me, for our sins. Uh, and it's it's just, it's almost too powerful to, to describe. Um, so many songs yeah. and so many paintings and so many poems and so much art has been made to try to capture what is happening here. But this is... Um, this is 
Jesus entering into human suffering. I think about how even the part of the charcoal fire, it's cold. The slaves, the police, and Peter the betrayer all get to be warm while Jesus is literally and figuratively out in the cold. This is what God does on purpose, is to get is to is to exile himself to to go to siberia to 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 go to death row um this is where god goes so and to make it i think real for people uh noting that the place in your life where you feel like you are so far from god what elton john says that incredible song where robert denny jr is in the video um men like me are dead in places where other men are liberated um the dead place in your life that's where Christ goes on Good Friday, and yeah. and so I would talk about that kind of stuff. And and all of also like too like every time you have sat like so when we first moved to New York City and we we lived uh, our apartment was right above a playground and I could hear all these kids all the time and these little kids yelling that's not fair that's not fair it's really funny our sense of fairness develops immediately mm-hmm. and every time you've ever sat uh, late at night maybe in the shower at five in the morning, and you've said, that's not fair. Um, uh, everything that's ever been done to you, that's totally wrong. Um, what justice has been served, uh, that's the point. And uh, this, um, it is all like, God, nobody has gotten away with anything. This is why I can't stand that conversation about uh, you know, cheap grace and everybody's, I mean, I get what Dietrich Bonhoeffer is writing about and that's very important, but you know, when people just throw that around so flippantly, um, that, that what you are watching here is not cheap grace. What you are watching and what you are reading here is free grace and uh, um, amazing love uh, that just um, God will not be contained uh, by um, our sense of fairness. God will not be contained by our darkness. God will not be contained uh, by death itself. And he goes to the very depth of death to save you. Amen. Well, that's a good word for Good Friday. And we'll end it there. And we'll see you uh, next time as we talk about Easter Sunday. There is no Holy Saturday episode. Don't preach on that service. Just just do it. (laughs) Wrap it up. Go home. And we'll see you for Easter. Somebody's looking Somebody wonders what you're doing today You know we crucified him, buried him But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away and yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production, and remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll. You see, the rain will never wash away.